Today's daf is daf Ayin Gimel, page 73 of the Hedigim Masechus Kedushin. And we pick up at the bottom of Ayin Beis on the days. We're starting from Omar Rav Yehuda, Omar Shmuel. All right? Omar Rav Yehuda, Omar Shmuel, which is five lines from the bottom of Ayin Beis on the days. You'll see Omar Rav Yehuda. Right, we'll give a moment to find the place. Five lines from the bottom, Ayin Beis on the days. Here we go. The halacha follows Sitas Rabbi Yaisi. Now again, what did Rabbi Yaisi teach us yesterday in the Brisa? That Mamzerim and Nesinim are going to be considered good kosher yichus in the times of Mashiach. They're no longer going to be considered uh, Mamzerim. Amar Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi Yaisi says, would come Yeah, and he'd have to slap people away. He'd have to slap many people away in uh, in in chains because of the uh, difficulty of uh, you know of people finding out that they don't have good yichus the rabbis learned, and so should we. Ger naisi mamzeres, the rabbi yisia ger shalat amariyam mamzeres. This is the number of yisia rabbi on rabbi yisad. Ger la yisia mamzeres, the ger cannot marry a mamzeres. Echad ger bechad ever meshukha bechol mutarim bechanis. Whether we're dealing with a ger, a regular convert, whether we're dealing with a free slave, a cholo, they're all permitted to marry a kaihanis. Now, my time is rabbi yisia. What's the reason for rabbi yisia, who says that a ger is allowed to marry a mamzeres? It says the word Kehillah five times in the Torah referring to who's allowed to marry into the Kehal Hashem. Chad the Kehanim, Chad Levim, Chad Yisraelim, the Chad the Mishri Mamzer Bishtuki. Want to allow a Mamzer to marry a Shtuki? Again, a Mamzer, we know what a Mamzer is. Somebody comes from a relationship that is a Kares transgression or a, di- or a Misa Daraisa transgression, right? Brother, sister, married woman, the child's going to be a mamzer. And the Shtuki, we said, is, uh, is a child who's been abandoned by the parents. Where, um, I'm sorry, no, that's an Asufi. A Shtuki is a child who, when he asks his mother, uh, where's daddy, his mother says, shush. She doesn't want to talk about it. It's about uh, who his father is. So a mamzer is allowed to marry a Shtuki. Chav the Mishi Shtuki Yisrael wants to permit a Shtuki to marry Israel. Now, a Shtuki doesn't have the same level of Mamzeris because we don't know for sure. What, we don't know for sure what's going on. I would say, oh, but there's a chance. Why is the mother saying shush? Why does she want to talk about it? Must be the kid's a Mamzer. Not necessarily so. The kid's still allowed to marry a Mamzer. The Chad of Shtuki the is not called the Kahal, not called a specific congregation. Therefore, they're not limited in who they're allowed to marry. Rebuda says, that Kahanim and Leviyam are learned down from the same word of Kahal, all those halachas, and therefore I have an extra word Kahal here, an extra congregation, and isolate the Kahal Gerim. And therefore, the, the converts are going to fill that void, we'll call it, of Kahal. They're now going to be called a congregation, and since they're called a congregation, they're forbidden to marry Mamzerim, because now they're a Kahal, and a Mamzer, a Mamzer is not allowed to enter the congregation, and now, the, uh, so according to him, you can't marry, a mamzer cannot marry a ger either. Mm-hmm. You can say, that even if 
Kahanim is one congregation and Leviim is a different congregation, um, we would still have an extra word kahal. Why? Mamzer, Mishtuki, Mishtuki Bisrol, Nechad Kahal Mazda. All these uh, all these uh, relationships of a mamzer to a shtuki and a shtuki to Yisrael, that's learned out from one word, kahal, the other mamzer to kahal Hashem. A kahal cannot marry to a mamzer cannot marry to kahal Hashem. Mamzer ba'am yehud la'yavai, a mamzer cannot marry to kahal, a mamzer suffix of it. Which means if you're in doubt about whether somebody's a mamzer, he is, he, then he is permitted to enter the kahila and marry into the, a, a congregation. The kahal ba'am yehud la'yavai, only a certain congregation you can't enter of the Kahal Safek, Yavai. But a Mamzer is allowed to marry a Shtuki because a Shtuki is a Kahal. Even though it has the name of Kahal, it's a Safek Kahal. It's a congregation that is unsure as to what their status is. A Gerz, and and a, a Mamzer is allowed to marry into such a congregation. Okay? So that would be the second approach. Okay? Approach number one of... of, uh, of uh, why Rebuda says a mamzer cannot marry is learned out from the action of the how. Approach number two is that it's going to fit into, uh, it, it, it's all called kahal, but the whole prohibition of a mamzer marrying in is only by a vada kahal. By the same, another approach is going to be, ani midi tre kahali ninu. That maybe, according to Rebuda, all the words kahal are used up. And Rebuda still says that a ger, is not a marry a mamzer because of the following. Hakol chuka achas lachem. Hakel gather together chuka achas. It's one halacha lachem for you. Vilaker hagar, and also for the convert who lives amongst you. Which means that we're putting the the ger into the same category as kehilol. The Rabbi Yaisi, and according to Rabbi Yaisi, says no chukas oylam nisik any. And the fact that it says. Chukas Oilam in the Pasuk, that's being masked in that's breaking up the, the Pasuk and telling us that here the, the word convert it does not need, is not connected at all to the, uh, to the word Kahal. Okay, period. End of that Gemara and describing the Machlikas about whether or not a Ger is permitted to marry a, uh, a Mosque. All right. Here we go. Echad ger, the echad eben meshukher v'chol. Whether you're a ger, a convert, somebody who was freed as an evakinani, or a cholo, mutar b'kahens. All these people are allowed, allowed to marry a kahen. So let's pause for a minute. A kohen, male, cannot marry a convert, a freed slave, or a cholo. Cannot marry a woman who's in one of those categories. However. A Kohenes, a woman from the family of Kahanim, is permitted to marry into these categories of Ger, a Evan Meshuchrer, a freed servant, or a Chal. The Sayyidin, the Rav, is a proof for Rav. Then we read of a Rav, he says, Rabbi Uzzeruk, Shevus, Ninosin, Lutzulim, that um, there's no prohibition for a kosher woman, a kosher means a woman with kosher yichus, to marry somebody who's puzzled for kahuna, somebody who's not permitted to marry into kahuna. A man kohen has these prohibitions, but a female kohenes does not have these prohibitions. Tars Rav Zera Rav Zera taught in Mechuza, Ger Motor Bemamzeres. A Ger Zalad Amalia Mamzeres. Ragmu Kuliyama Besra Gayu. What happens?
happened was they started to to, to stone him. Yeah, with their asraigim, they had their asraigim there, and they started throwing him. Uh, what are you talking about? A gerzel had to marry a, a mamzeris. Now, why were they stoning him? So in Mechuza, they had a lot of gerim, and these gerim, even though he was permitting them to marry more people, to marry mamzerim, they were upset. Because the fact that he told them as Gerim that they're allowed to marry Amzeres was demeaning for them. They said, oh, you don't consider us to be now regular Yidin? Amar Rava. Rava says, Amar Rava, Rava says, Mi ika didarish nosa ihai beduchta deshichi yure, a beautiful, beautiful line of Gemara, which is, that doesn't make sense. Why would Rav Zera go into a town that has so many Gerim and, and give over that Allah? you got to use your Seichel. You gotta use your common sense. Tarash Rabba bin Mechuza, Rabba taught in Mechuza, Ger Mutter be Kayhenis, a Ger is Mutter to a Kayhenis. Okay, so first he said, a Ger, a convert, can marry a Mamzeris. And everybody's all insulted. Then he says, a Ger can marry a Kayhenis. Uh huh. Tanu Bishirai. They say, oh wow, you want donations to your shul? Yeah, what a, what a rabbi. You said that we can marry a Kayhenis, we're Mamish. Connected to the creme de la creme of Kalyusol. Uh, what a great rabbi, Rev. Then Rava, um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Rav Zera taught them that that uh, they can't that they can marry Mamzer and they got upset at Rav Zera. Rava showed up and said he can marry Kehenes. So again, both halachas are true, but you can pick and choose, you know, what you're going to focus on over here. So they're all happy with Rava. Then Rava said, "Ger muter b'mamzeres." You know, you're married, you're, you're allowed to, a, a Gerim can marry a Kahanis, you're also allowed to marry a Mamzeris. Amrulay, and he said to him, you're, you're counterbalancing, you're, you're balancing out your original halacha. Amrulay, he said to them, you should know, I'm, I'm doing what's best for you. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be uh, honored you shouldn't be insulted. All I'm doing is, I'm letting you know, you can marry everybody. You can marry everybody. You can marry Mamzeres. You can marry Akai. You can marry Kehenes. I'm letting you, male Gerim, know you have more Shidduch pools that you're allowed to, uh, you're allowed to enter. The Hilkos of Alokha is, Ger Mutter the Kehenes and Mutter the Mamzeres. A Ger is able to marry in both the family of Kehanim and uh, to marry a Kehenes. I'll also marry a Mamzeres. Mutter b'kayhenes, he can marry a kayhenes by huzruk shenrasli nasi b'tzulim because there's no prohibition for a kosher woman to marry into b'tzulim and mutter b'mamzeres and he's also a mutter to marry mamzeres because we passed him like the Reb Yaisi we passed like the Reb Yaisi on yesterday's daf and now we have the uh, we have the p'sak halacha for the halacha of a ger, fantastic. Here we go the Mishnah said Eluhein shtuki what is a shtuki? What's a kid who's a shtuki? Kol Shemakir, said the Brisa or the Mishnah, anybody who recognizes his mother but doesn't know who his father is. That's a shtuki. Sheket. You want to know who your father is? Quiet. I'm not telling you. Okay. Amar Rabba. Rabba said, biblically, shtuki kosher. Biblically, a shtuki, which is, you know, like we just said, the mother is not telling anybody who the father is. It's kosher minatera. My time though. Why is, is uh, it biblically allowed to marry anybody? Yeah? 
you would say there's a possibility if, if the mother doesn't want to talk about it and not tell the kid and the father says uh, there's smoke, there's fire in this situation, right? So, my time. Because most people are, are uh, permitted to have been with the mother of this child and only some people are, some people are not allowed. Okay? What's that? Rove? Shayrim yeah. And, oh, most most yeah. men that she would have relations with would be kosher. That's one approach. That's one mahalach. Other Rishayim explain that most men in the world wouldn't have relations with her if it's a type of sin that's going to cause a mamzer. That's the other approach here. Yeah, but either way, right? Raiv Shayrim etzla umi absulim The e ozli inhu legaba. And therefore, if one of these people would have uh, had relations with her, called the parish, maybe the parish, we'll say anybody who had relations with her was some of the, came from the right, came from most men that are out in the world who A, are permitted to be with her, and B, wouldn't be with her if it's going to be, if it's going to father a uh, father of moms. Okay? So we're going to assume that where'd this kid come from? Right, a kosher father. My Amrit, what are you going to say? I doma Maybe, see, we're following rope, we're following majority. Saying majority left most men in the world and went to her. Well, maybe she went to somebody and Havale Kavua, which means that the potential father is in a fixed place. Now, here's. The issue. Let me explain something. Let me explain something. I want to explain that. Let, let, let's read this through. Then I'll say. How will kavua? The whole kavua connects to mechsedamim. But Torah Amzra layover mamzer. Mamzer by who layover mamzer sofik yov. The kalbade who layover habegal sofik yov. Period. Okay. So I want to pause for a minute. And this logic that we just read is a reason why a stuki should be kosher, should be fit. And let's explain. The Gemara had asked why why fit. Why should this kid, again, who knows his mother, not father, why should we say he's naturally, biblically, biblically should be fine? Why? Says the Gemara, because, like this, we're going to follow the rules of Raif. Raif means the rules of majority. And here's how the rules of majority works. We don't always follow majority. We follow a majority when there's nothing established. If you have a pre-existing establishment... You can't follow majority because something established always holds on to its uh, stature, keeps its status. So, for example, you have five stores in town, five meat stores. Four stores are kosher. One store is not kosher. You can't say any meat in town is kosher. Because the fifth store, which is non-kosher, is an establishment. It's established. And the rule is, when something's established, it makes every doubt 50-50. So the Gemara said like this. Any father that comes is probably going to be rove. To which the Gemara responds, who says? Maybe the man stayed in his house. He ain't moving. He's established in his makam. She's the one running after the men. 
She left her place, any potential father's in his place, and therefore now you have to look at each potential person like 50-50. <coughs> so maybe it's a 50% puzzle guy, 50% kosher guy. You can't follow the rife. Oh, says the Torah, but it's still allowed. You know why? Because even getting rid of, even if you don't have rove, even if you don't have majority, the Torah still says that a vadai mamzer cannot enter the Kahal Hashem, but a suffix mamzer could. And therefore, a shtuki is what? A certain mamzer or a suffix mamzer? He's suffix. We don't know for sure. Since he's a suffix, the Torah never <laughs> prohibited him. Period. Okay. So th- that was a lot of information, basically, just to point out what, what's the overarching idea. The Gemara wants to just initially prove Stukis biblically have no problem. That's, that's what we were aiming for with all this. A Stuki biblically has no problem. Okay. So now let's keep going. Umatam Amru Stuki puzzle. So why did the Chachamim say in our Mishnah that a Stuki cannot marry a regular Yisrael? Gezeira, it's a decree. Shema Yisa Achaisei Me'av. It's a decree. You know why? Because there's always a chance he might end up marrying his half-sister. If you don't know who the father is, well, if somebody rents this kid a shidduch, he might end up marrying a girl who has the same father. Now, what's the obvious question on this? Let me ask you a question. Can a shtuki ever get married? Yeah. We say yes. So that the Gemara is going to ask, then a shtuki should never get married. Because there's always a concern. You don't know who his father is. Right. There's always a concern. He might be marrying his half-sister. Ask the Gemara, but now, so no Shtuki could ever get married. Even a Shtuki to a Shtuki should not be allowed to get married. There's a chance they're, they're, they're half-brother's sister. Answered the Gemara, Okay. Says the Gemara, no. And you're going to jump at this answer? You're going to jump at this answer? And the Gemara says, you don't have to assume that, because it's not, it's even less common. I personally don't like this so much, but it doesn't matter. Gemara's answer. It's less common for one guy to have multiple shtukis as his children than to have multiple men with shtukis. Less common than multiple shukis, shukis than to have what? It's less common for one man to have multiple shtuki kids yeah. than for it to be multiple men having shtuki kids. So let me so like this. If I'm a shtuki, yeah. the is I can marry a shtukis. Yeah. Ask the Gemara why she might have the same father. No, I'll tell you why. She, she's not because whoever your father is, we don't assume did this many times. We're not going to assume that there's one guy running around town making all the stukis. And therefore, if you're a stuki, you can marry a stukis because, as far as she's concerned, no chance he had the same dad. There's not one guy running around doing all this. There's a greater chance there's multiple guys each having individual Stuki kids. So therefore, a Stuki can marry Stukis. Ah, you might have the same paternal father. No, they don't. One guy ain't doing all this. Okay? 
I like the answer, but I don't like the answer. It doesn't matter what I like, which is honest truth. I'll tell you what I like about the answer. I like about the answer is that it gives a lot of trust to Yidim. It says, I Yid might do an Avera, I Yid might do this, not so many times. Do it. I could have one guy doing all this and, and not making the brown. On the other hand, the reason why my brain is having a hard time maybe comes from a little bit of experience where it's like sometimes when somebody does this, you could assume they did it multiple times. Right? This is not, unfortunately, very often, it's not the first time this person has entered this, uh, entered this matzah. Okay? But says the Gemara, Bashtukis la Yisa, Sham Yisa the daughter of Bashtukis. Now you have a problem, because let's go to the next generation. Get ready. Guys, cover. It's murder. Murder. Let's pause. I, I just want us to think outside the Gemara. You ready? Can Ashtuki marry Ashtukis? Yeah. Why? No chance they have the same father. Right? So they could. But Ashtuki can't marry regularly, so. Alright, pause. Ready? So the Ashtuki will marry Ashtukis. They're good. Now, what's going to happen is they have a child. They have a child. They have a, this child is the child of a Shtukis. Can a Shtuki marry the daughter of a Shtukis? Can a Shtuki marry the daughter of a Shtukis? Yeah, why not? Hmm? Why not? Um, I'll tell you why. Yeah, I can see because because it could be that the Shtuki, he had relationships with... Very the, good. Shtuki. Very good. And now you're, yeah, and now child, you're marrying you're somebody who's your, your uncle child. or whatever. You're, my, you're marrying your child. Right. Right. You're marrying your uh, either you're marrying your your or, or let's say it's an, a, a, a stuki from a different family. There's still a chance that this girl, the the kid of the stukis, the daughter of the stukis, maybe you don't know who your father is. So maybe Shamayisa Achaisa Mayavit. Maybe she's your father's sister. You don't know. You don't know the daughter of a stukis. You don't know who, uh, who her father is. You'll say, yeah, there's no problem. There's no problem. Everybody says you can marry the daughter of a shtuki. To the, you know, there's no problem to, to a shtukis. Because it's not common. Says the Gemara, here also it's not common. Yeah? To which the Gemara is saying like this. The Gemara is asking just a very simple question. Um, and it's... I'm going to... It's deep in its simplicity. And let me explain what that means. The bigger question here is like this. A Shtuki cannot marry a Yisrael. Why? Because of this chance. But a Shtuki can marry a Shtukis because that we said that chance is too far. Here the Gemara is asking, how, the whole thing is rare. So even to for a shtuki to marry a regular Yisrael, that's rare that it ends up being punked. You marry the daughter of your father to a point where we have to say, oh, a shtuki, a shtuki, it's like, 
How rare is rare? You know what I'm saying? You have some guy in town. There's a lot of Yidin around. Some guy in town's a Stuki. You tell me now, he can't marry a regular Yisrael. Why? Chance. That's also a slim chance. The whole thing's a slim chance. So you created one more slim of a slim? The Gemara says, come on. Come on. Ask the Gemara. Let's put on this inside. I'll tell you like this. We know the luck is you could marry the daughter of a Stukis because this whole thing's not common. So let a Stuki marry anybody. This whole thing is uncommon. Let a Stuki just get married. What are the chances? Says the Gemara, Ella, Myla, You're right, that's a slim chance, but that's the line that we drew to ensure that Yichas stays proper and kosher in Klai Yisrael. Bottom line, can a Stuki marry a Yisraelis? Biblically, yes. No problem. We gave three reasons why. Rabbinically, no. To keep the yichas kosher in Klai Yisrael. V'yomar And Rav says, Devar Torah, biblically, asufi kosher. An asufi as well. Now, what's, what's an asufi? An abandoned child. A child that's been asuf. A child that's been gathered in. Biblically, if you find a child abandoned at your doorstep, it's fit to marry any in my time of why. Eshesish, bebaila will say that uh, if the mother's a married woman she and she has a child she's always going to assume that child comes from her husband my Ika what else would it be I'll tell you like this I'll tell you where else this kid came from there are some women who have an Arison step one of marriage and then their husbands go, they're in the armed forces, they go overseas, they're, they're gone for a couple of years. So, since you have Penuya, which means a single girl, who maybe will have relations and have a child at a wedlock, and there are those who abandon their children because it's too difficult to feed them, they don't have enough money. So, it's, it's palgu palga. It's half and half, which means you have an abandoned kid. The Gemara says, I have multiple places this kid could have came from. Could have came from a single mom. Could have came from a married mother whose husband went overseas. Or it could have been Stam, a regular, no problem family that just can't afford to take care of their kid. But the other moms with Hashem, the Torah says, a mamzer can't and make Hashem. Mamzer Bade, only if we know this kid's a Mamzer. Now, do we know this kid's a Mamzer? We don't know, for reasons we just gave. Mamzer Bade, a certain Mamzer can't enter the Kahal Hashem, but he can uh, marry into a Kahal Safik. Now, what this means is like this a Mamzer can marry an Asufi. An Asufi can marry Kal Yisrael. They could, because we don't know. But even a Mamzer can marry an Asufi. Because the prohibition of who a mamzer cannot marry is cannot marry a, somebody who's certainly in the kahal. Here we don't know. Here we don't know. It's just a suffix. Umatam amru asufi posel. Why did we say that asufi we posel? Shama yisra chayse meyaviv again, because uh, we don't know you ended up marrying your half sister. Almiat asufi asufi is like yisra. Shama yisra chayse meyaviv basimai. Same question. Beimav beimimai. Kol anishadiva azli. He says that, no, we don't assume that whoever had to uh, leave their kid 
is going to do it multiple times. Same thing we said from the from the, the relations viewpoint. Now we're going to talk about people who leave their kids. Bottom line is, bottom line is that in Asufi should be completely mutter biblically is completely mutter biblically to marry Yisraelim with regular yichus. Why don't we consider them to have regular yichus? Ella Maila Samayla, again, Samayla that we made for Yichas. Same answer we gave before, but we've established as well, both the Shtuki and the Nasufi are going to be in their own unique categories of Shidduch Pool because of Gzeirah Dirabonans. Amar Rava Baravuna, bottom line, Rava Baravuna says, Matsu Mahul, top of Amar base. Fascinating case. If you find a baby that has a bris mila. Top of Amr Beis, in boy Mishum Asufi. We don't consider this kid to be an Asufi. Says Rashi, interesting Rashi, top line, the ilav the kosher have, if this kid would have a problem in his yichus, the, the, the parents would have never have given him a bris mila. Now, the Psychology behind this, you could question. Rashi's coming from a place where Rashi's saying that we're dealing with a child, apparently, that the parents want to view their kid like it's not theirs. That's why they're abandoning this kid. If they're viewing their kid like this kid's not theirs, they wouldn't give him a breast meal. They don't, they, uh, psych- psychologically, they're not even going to start with it. Because otherwise, emotionally, it's like a roller coaster. It's like, I want to give you, I care, but I don't care. But so, most people will just go cold turkey on the whole thing. Not our kid, not our thing, we're not our business, not our problem. So, if you find a kid that the parents said to themselves, his bris mila is our problem, he's not called an asufi, he's going to be considered to have kosher yichas, and there's no issue with who, with who he marries. Mishalte hadame, also, if he was Mishalte hadame, Rashi says, Second line, Avar of The kid looks like he's taken care of. Yeah, he's he's prettied up. Seems like the parents cared about this kid. Also, in by Mishum Asufi. If you see a kid abandoned, he's not doesn't have the status of an Asufi. Shoyef Mishcha, Umala Kucha, Rami Chumre, Tali Piska, the Tali Kmiya, in by Mishum Asufi. All these things, the kid's got a nice. Oils all over him. He's been, uh, you know, his mother made him a pony in his hair. He has a necklace around his neck. Um, all these things to signs of protection. Right? Uh, um, uh, Kamiya says, Holy Kamiya, an amulet, right? So you see, the, the kid's cared for. If you see a child is cared for and you find an abandoned child, this child can marry any other yid. There's no question about it, there's no hesitation. Not doesn't have the status of an Asufi. Tully Bidikli, okay. Let's say the kid is hanging from a palm tree in a in a basket. If he's low enough that animals could damage him, the parents didn't keep him safe. Yesh by Mishum Asufi is considered an Asufi. Ilav in by Mishum Asufi. If it looks like the parents kept him safe, then 
he would not be called an asu because the parents are showing we care for this kid. And again, it might just be the parent can't afford to hold on to him or whatever it is. The radka smicha lemasa yish by mishum asufi. The imlav ain't by mishum asufi. If um, there, it's it's a certain type of if there's certain fruits that are on the trees that animals would come eat. So then again, you're going to have a problem. Otherwise, not. Okay, and it has to go if it's near the city, not near the city. Bay Kanishta, Simichta Lamasa, if he's found in a shul near town, Ushchichi Barabim. So it's, it's clear that the parents left this kid on the doorstep of a shul that they know Yidin are going to come shortly to find this kid. In by Mishra Masufi, the kid's not, a, not Masufi. The Ilav, otherwise, Yeshua Mishra Masufi. Just some random abandoned shul that nobody ever goes to on the you know outside of the city limits. It happens to be a year found this kid, or some guy found this kid and brought him like, hey, you know, there's a synagogue and there's a baby. Then the kid has said it's a nasufi because there, there's no uh, there's nothing showing that anybody cared for this kid. Omar Amemar <coughs> says, Hi Pera de Sufli, Yeshboy Mishum Asufi. If you have a hole in the ground that was made for pera, made for fruits, then the kid is going to be considered an asufi. Okay. Rashi says, interestingly, this has to do with um, the way that they would store animal food. It's very common outside the city limits. I see they didn't have all the fancy animal foods that we have nowadays. They would make little holes in the ground and you know throw all the you know extra odds and ends in there that the animals are supposed to come onto. You find a baby inside one of those holes that animals are meant to come over and eat from and munch on. So then the kids consider nasufi. Charifta dinara aim by mishum asufi. If the child is found um, near the entrance to where the river flows from, so then he's not nasufi. It's expected people are going to come. Pishri. But if he's found in a part of a river that it looks like he was meant to got, be gotten rid of, then Yesh by Mishra Masufi. Tzidi Rishos Rabbim, the size of Mishra Saram, Eim by Mishra Masufi. See, Rishos Rabbim is a public area that people would travel through. So, you find a baby in a basket on the side of the road, on the side of Rishos Rabbim, somebody is expecting somebody else to come find this baby and care for him. Then the kid is kosher Yishos. The imam is right in the middle of her shusharabim, where you can be hurt and trampled on and dangerous. Yeah, never find a a baby placed on the road in the middle of Route 70, right? Yeah, then uh, he's going to have the status of an asufi. You should know if there's ever famine, there's ever what we'll call people don't have enough money to feed their families. Nobody's in a Sufi no matter what. Nobody's in a Sufi. Because people might be doing this as much as they care for their kids. What is Rava talking about? He means that you find a kid in a Rosh Rabbin, but there's a famine. The kid's not in a Sufi. I don't understand. Because there's a famine, a parent would put their kid in the middle of Route 70. Huh? Oh, so you put him on the side. 
you put them in mamish and in something more. You, you put them in the way of danger just because there's a famine. Can't be. So what are you going to say? Like Rabiel says, Bella, I see the You're going to say, oh, he must not want you put the baby on the side of the road so somebody will find them, but the kid's quasi safe, right? My Robin. If that's true that the kid's not in a Sufi under those circumstances, well then, as nothing to do with it being during the years of famine. We said, even if there's no famine, the kid's not in a Sufi. Yeah? Even without that set of circumstances, the kid's okay. So, the Gemara's searching for a case. What are we talking about when we say, if it's a famine, then there's no Asufi? What's that case? If you have a baby in the marketplace, his mother and father can go ahead and say, this is our kid. Okay, you find the baby. Who's this kid? A man steps forward and says, oh, that's my baby. And the kid's out in public, in the marketplace. Now, luck is like this. Fascinating. You ready for this? Is there any reason to not trust the father, this guy? Maybe, yeah, maybe, no. I mean, how do you know? How do we know that you're really telling the truth? Maybe I should say, if you ever have a kid who's been lost, and somebody steps forward and claims the kid, maybe we should still call the kid Masufi. Because this guy, I mean, he's claiming it's this kid. We don't know. We had a suffix. Maybe Taka was an abandoned kid that somebody else is claiming. And we should have a big problem with Shudduchim. Maybe this, this kid uh, cannot, marry, uh, cannot marry anybody else. Once he's been taken off the market, the, 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 taken off the shuk, uh, the public area, they're not believed. Okay? So what does this mean? Once he is taken out of the shuk, yeah. so once somebody claims the baby... The cops take the baby. Oh, the cops take Cops take the baby. You find the baby in the marketplace, what are we going to do? Let's bring him to the road. So the cops take the baby, and then you go to the cops and you Some say, man shows up. Oh, well, my kid. It's my, it's my kid. kid. It's my kid. Yeah. So, so we're saying that's a different situation. That's a different situation, and we need to be concerned that maybe this kid's in a Sufi. If the parents are there, straight from the marketplace where we find the kid, okay, you're the parents. But now it's later. Now we have to put up a sign, child town. And somebody steps forward and claims the kid, says the Gemara... Kids still going to have the status of an Asufi. My timer, why? Amarava, he also loves Shem Asufi. Because he already became known as an Asufi. Everybody knew this abandoned kid. And now, a couple days later, somebody's stepping forward to go take the kid. The kid's already an Asufi, so you're going to have to prove otherwise. Already prove otherwise. If you don't have the status of an Asufi because your marketplace, to make you an Asufi, we're not going to do. Somebody claims you. Once you're known as an Asufi, that name stays. The Amar and on this, Rabba says, "Not ubishnei Rabba in Ashok in the years of famine, even if the kid's been taken from the public area from the marketplace of Iman Amanolav." Somebody says, "Ford, they are believed to say we are the parents of this child." Okay. Wow. Okay, they're ready for this next uh, couple cases of Gemara. All right. Yeah, Amar Rav Chista. says, "Shloisha Nehmanim Va'alter." There's three situations. But if he's taken from the marketplace, always. If if if, if and a, a father and mother and mother come to claim it, straight to the marketplace. No, I'm saying with the last two words, last last two lines. Yeah, Ubishnei Ra'avin. Yeah, from there. 
During years of famine, even if his parents, are, he's already been taken in from the streets. He's already in the police station. Oh, he's already there. Yeah. Still, parents are never to say, be like, I, where were you the past two days? There's no food in the house. We put him out in the street hoping somebody's going to feed him. If the husband, wife, yeah, or either one. It could still be one or the other. One or the other? Yeah, it could be one. It doesn't matter. Well, how do we know one? Well, it says that they're both believed to say it's a kid. But it's not necessarily that you need both of them to say it. But whether it's the mother, whether it's the father, we we're going to trust them. We don't know the mother or father. Yeah. If we know, then we have a question. Yeah, but we, all we know is that they're coming and claiming this kid. No, but that's what I'm saying. It must be both of them. Why? Because... It, what if you have a single mom? You, know, you have two people, a, husband, a man and wife, coming to claim, and we know that they're husband and wife, and it's likely that uh, it, it's a parent. Okay. Yale's pointing out that maybe I, it's, I it's, it might be Mashma, you need both parents. Seems to the way the Mepharshim are learning that it's just giving an example of mother or father. Um, yeah, I hear. I hear. I hear what you're saying. I don't have a right either way. I don't have a proof either way. Uh, what we do know, what we do know walking away from this, well, that's one or both, what we do know is that if there's a, a, a time of famine that we gather in a kid from the street, we don't give that kid the name Asufi right away. Mm. He's not... Yeah, I can't. Okay. Amar Amchista, Amchista, there's three situations where persons believed if they say something immediately. Abelheim. And these are the three situations. Asufi. There's a baby that's found. Baby that's found. And he's... Immediately somebody says, that's my kid. We believe you. Later on, the kid's still going to keep his name. Achaya, we believe a midwife right away. Upaiteres chavresel. And a woman who potters up, who releases an obligation from her friend. Okay, three cases. A Sufi, a midwife, and one woman who potters up her friend. Let's get into these cases. Asufi, what's the case of Asufi? Hadamar, we just explained, what's the case? Um, uh, uh, an adult man or woman says, this is my kid, okay, it's your kid. Chai, what about a midwife? What do you trust the midwife right away? The tongue of the bride Chai is believed to say, When twins are born, let's say it's the first children to the family. The mother's busy giving birth. And the midwife's taking the baby out. The midwife's going to tell us who the Bukhar is. Which one's going to have a pitnaben? Which one has Kedusha? Which one has holiness? The mother doesn't know which one it is. So the doctor in the hospital, the midwife, is going to tell us who's... And we trust them. As long as they tell us right away. They can't tell us a half hour later. They have to tell us the altar. A medvar murim. She can't have left the room yet. Once she left the room and comes back in a menace, we don't uh, trust her anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay? Why? Because nobody knows. Nobody, you can make a mistake. Sure. You can make, you a make mistake. a mistake 
Anywhere. That's right. They can speak anywhere. Right? Yeah. People ask me, Baruch Hashem, Hashem blessed us that we have children. Sometimes people say, no, the baby's cute as soon as the baby's born. I'm like, looks like a baby. I don't know, every baby looks the same to me as soon as they're born. They're all cute because they're little. But they need to be uh, a little straightened out a little bit over the next uh, day or two, right? <laughs> give, give a little bit of time for the cheeks to get a little pudgy. You know what I mean? A, a little bit of time. Uh, I wouldn't be able to know your, my baby from the next baby. Yeah, you can't, here and there. But So once the midwife goes out, she comes back, mm, especially twins, we're not letting you tell us later. She has to tell us immediately. This is the immediate. Rabbi Lazar says, that the imlav inamas. Even if she leaves the room and comes back, if we see in her she has absolute confidence in who's in who's who, we'll trust her. My benayu, benayu the other The difference is if she turned away. Okay. If she did what? If she turned her face away. Uh-huh. Okay. Because according to Rabbi Eliezer, even if she if, even if she's in the room but looked away. How do you know? How do you know? Yeah, everything can happen. You don't know. So, that, that's the, uh, that's the machlekes. Okay. So again, we said there's three cases where we believe you right away and not later. Case number one, a Sufi. A parent claims it's my kid, but say it. Case number two, a midwife tells us who the Bukharas. Case number three was a woman and her friend. What's the case where a woman tells us right away? My bin, um, Pateris Chabusel Mai. What's that case? The Tanan. We learned in the Mishnah, um, you have three women, they're all sleeping together in one bed. We're going to assume right now, none of them are wearing clothes. That's the case of the Gemara. Okay? And this was very, very common. Yeah, they didn't have the size rooms that we have, and everybody had their own pajamas and their own clothing. They kept each other warm. That's what it was. Three women sleeping in a bed. And now we find a drop of dam, which is a kesem, a, uh, a, a custom called a stain, an external stain, if it's larger than the size of a gris, which in our terms is the size of a U.S. penny, okay, if it's larger than that, so the woman is going to be considered, and it's on white, and the couple told me she was considered tough. So three women, they get up from the bed, and now there's one drop of blood. We don't know who it came from. The Allah is they're all tummy. However, listen to this. If a woman does a badika, she takes her cloth, checks internally, and says, hey, I'm having my menstruation cycle, he she can potter up her friends now. And we're going to say, okay, so it's from you, and not from them. She has to check herself, kashir vest. What does kashir vest mean? That it has to be pretty quick as soon as they get out of the bed. Yeah, they get up from bed, boom, she checks herself. Okay? Now, that's where we say, La alter immediately, we trust you. If she comes back five minutes later, it's already too late. And everybody's going to have the status of, of uh, tummy. Alright. Tanner up one of the rabbis learned, and that's why they're rabbis. Now, men is If you have women give birth in a room, one is a, one father's from one baby is from a father's a kain, one's from a lady. So we'll trust the midwife. Tell us who's the kain, who's the lady. Then also is a mamzer. 
As long as nobody's challenging this. If there's an error about this kid, an issue with the yichus, then we do not trust her. Now what's the case? Who's causing the error? Who's causing the challenge of the kid's status? He's saying, listen, this midwife says this is the kayan, and somebody else, one person is like, um, no, the midwife is making a mistake. I'm telling everybody, she's making a mistake. We're not going to listen to that person because the ear to start a weakness and a rumor of what somebody's saying, you need at least two people. It's got to be where a midwife is telling us something and two people are telling us otherwise. She says this is the kid who's a kayan and two people say no. Another approach could be maybe the, she says one thing and the ear is coming from one other person. I why we listen to that person? Where do we say we trust the midwife against that one other person? That's when the midwife has a chazaka with her, a status saying this kid's kosher. But if no chazaka has been established for this kid yet, so if a woman, you women who give birth, yeah, it's not far fetched. I mean, all of us have been alive in this. Now it's a little more difficult because. Her, with the way that medicine works and the amount of space that they give uh, women, women are giving birth in their own rooms uh, very often. It's a, it's a common thing. Our kids who were born in Eretz Yisrael, where my wife did not have her own room, even when I paid for it, you paid separate from your insurance to give her, I still remember, it was like 550 shekel a night or something. For her to have her own room, she paid five hundred. Okay, it was a two hundred bucks, right? Your wife could have her own room. My wife gave birth to our twins in Canada. Didn't have that option. Okay, my wife gave birth to twins. She was put in a room. They have socialized medicine there. Not knocking Canada. I'm just telling you what happened. Socialized medicine. We had twin babies. They put her in a room with two other women. Each one with single babies, and they don't have a nursery. There's no nursery. You keep your babies with you. My wife, after having twins, moved into a room with four babies, <laughs> trying to take care of two of her own, having no clue what to do. And there was nowhere to take your kids to. Every once in a while, a nurse would come in and offer to help for a, for a few minutes. She came home right away. After twins, she had to leave the hospital. She thought she could have functioned. Could have functioned. Really, he's like, "Oh, you leave in the hospital so soon?" I'm like, "In this country, yeah." Mm-hmm. It was, it was mamish. Yeah, uh, appreciate appreciate uh, America. What were we doing in Canada? That's where she gave birth to our kids. I was Canadian, so oh, she she went to her in-laws. Yeah, and she went to my in-laws in Toronto. Yeah. She went to my in-laws to give birth in Toronto when the twins were uh, when the twins were being born. We believe somebody who sold something to say, I know what I sold. I sold this thing, and I did not sell that thing. When do we trust the seller? Okay. Uh, if the seller is still holding on to the property. If he's not holding on to it anymore, then he is, uh, then he's, uh, he's not trusted. Okay. Now this is unclear. It's an unclear. So thank you, Hashem, for Rashi. Hashem for Rashi. Rashi explains like this. Rashi uh, uh, says four lines from the bottom of Rashi and Ein Gimel Amad Let's just uh, let's uh, read this through together. Yeah, you see that uh, ne- um, 
Rashi Lezem Macharti Bechulu Four lines from the bottom of Rashi Lezem Macharti Says Rashi Im Shnayim Ma'irim If two people are arguing Al HaMekach Over something that was just bought Zo'imer Macharta Li It was sold to me Vizo'imer Li Macharta Vishali Yeah so This guy knows that he sold it But you have two guys arguing over who was sold to So the seller is going to be trusted to say who bought it. I don't tell me about. I know you bought it and you didn't buy it. Says the Gemara, this is only true if the seller's still holding on to it. He hasn't even given it over. He knows who paid him. But once it's been given over, then the seller's out of the picture. He's out of. It's not, I know I sold it. Yes, yeah, something might have happened after you sold it then. Right? Maybe you sold it to him, but he sold it to him already. He's claiming. Right? So once that your possession, we don't. He's not believed anymore. Ask the Gemara, top of tomorrow's daf. The next day, zoom in, I don't understand. Who paid you? This should be a simple answer. No, no, no. Let me explain. There's an there's a issue with the case. Get ready for this. You have to think it's a few lines. It's a fascinating case. What happened was, the seller took money from both. The Amar, This seller here, he says, listen, I sold this for a hundred bucks. You gave me a hundred bucks, you gave me a hundred bucks. I sold it to you. I didn't sell it to you. But I gave you a hundred dollars. You put it down insisting that I give it to you. I know that my das was to sell it to one and not the other. But now it, it gets confusing. Where we don't know which one he sold to, which one he didn't. And a judge is also believed to say, I was, uh, you know, I, I judged in favor of this guy and not that guy. So after the fact, you two people come with a din and they walk out. Say, who won? The judge could say, that guy won. But says the Gemara, Because again, there could be confusion. The next is Husa by Nakit. Says the Gemara, well, if you gave a court case, you probably wrote down who you ruled in favor of. So look at the guy's ID. Yeah, and it says, I ruled on behalf of David Amelech. And the guy's got an ID that says David Amelech Friedman. Right? So then you know it's him. It's lost, torn up. So bring them back to the Bezdin and listen to the case again. It's one of those cases where it was Shikal Hadas. Shikladas wasn't a clear psak. You had to balance out. There was a lot of variables. You're not necessarily going to come out with the same psak. And therefore, again, it's one of these very uh, difficult situations. But that's where we're going to believe the Dayan. Again, only when they're in front of you. Once, they, once they're in front of you, where he doesn't hold on to them. Okay, we'll hold it here. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Sir.